Inquirers, and welcome to the expanse of deep, open-minded conversation. I'm the one they call Shane, and in today's discussion, we journey back into the forest, just off the edge of civilization, in an attempt to uncover one of the greatest mysteries of this reality, the elusive creature known as Sasquatch. Hopefully, today's guest, with his research and experiences, might just shine a bit more light onto what watches us just beyond the light of the campfire. But... Before we get into this awesome conversation today, got some uh, quick news and updates. And then, of course, we got to roll through the front of the house stuff real quick. For anybody that follows the show on social media, um, Bizarre Encounters, Open Minds Media, and Inquiries of Our Reality, uh, it was announced on there, but I will be a speaker and presenter at Squonkapalooza 2 this year. And uh, it's not for a while. That's going to be on August 10th in uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. But definitely something to mark your calendars on if you guys want to be able to come and see me and support me out there. I would greatly appreciate it. And uh, if you guys aren't able to make it out there, I will try to hopefully record it onto a microphone and possibly turn it into an episode. But I'd rather see you guys out there. So if you guys are able to come out there, greatly appreciate it. And uh, if anybody's planning on coming out there, let me know because I'd love to actually know you by name, by face, so that I can actually say what's up to you when I see you. But uh, moving on to the rest of the stuff. If you guys aren't already following the show on social media, highly recommend that you do. And that goes for this show, Inquiries of Our Reality, and Bizarre Encounters. Uh, you guys can follow that on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you guys want to check out the show on YouTube or TikTok, you guys can always go and check out the Open Minds Media TikTok. Uh, I put everything all in one place, makes it a little bit easier for myself. So you won't find inquiries or bizarre encounters on YouTube or TikTok, but you guys will find Open Minds Media. And uh, speaking about accompanying everything all into one place, if you guys want to join the Discord and have some awesome conversations with some like-minded individuals, you guys can go and join the Open Minds Media Discord. Uh, Over there, we have a lot of interesting discussions about all the weird stuff that we talk about on the show. Uh, People share some of their own experiences and we all just talk as friends. It's a great community. It's constantly building up. So anybody that wants to hop in and join it, greatly appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys there. And uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, be it you guys want to share some fan art, uh, simply just have a conversation, be a guest on the show, be featured on the show, uh, possibly even have me as a guest on your show. Uh, or you guys want to possibly even sponsor the show, you guys can get a hold of me through social media, be it Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Discord, whatever you happen to find me on. Or you guys can email me at inquiriesofallrealitypodcast at outlook.com. And uh, if you guys want to report an encounter, no matter how big, no matter how small, I definitely want to hear about it. I could possibly read it on the show, uh, possibly have you on as a guest to talk about it a bit, because I eventually want to collaborate and make maybe some shorter form episodes where I put a bunch of your guys' listener encounters all into one spot. Uh, Or like I said, just I can even possibly come out there and investigate it. Uh, you guys got to share your encounters. I absolutely want to hear about them. Uh, that's OMM encounter reports at outlook.com or you guys go to the link tree and there is a specific submission form for that. And there is also a different submission form 
to be able to contact me. So make sure you guys are clicking on the right one, depending on what you guys want to do. And uh, I said in the beginning, but don't forget to go and check out Bizarre Encounters, my other awesome show that I do with my co-host Oren over there. Over there, it's a little bit different than this show where this is more of the interview-based show where over there we do more of our deep dives and research into different stuff. We definitely have some guests in the mix, but for the most part, it's all of Oren and my research. So totally different format, covering the same topics though. So if you guys enjoy this show, I definitely think you guys are going to enjoy that show. And uh, off of that show, we actually do another show called Bizarre Inquiries where we uh, pretty much will take one of your guys' listener questions and we let our minds wander into wherever it happens to go. But we love to getting submissions as far as listener questions go for that. And of course, if you submit the question, even though that is a Patreon exclusive show, I'll make sure that you get the episode. Uh, regular episodes, they do drop once a month on the YouTube, uh, also on the normal feed. But if you guys want to get that weekly, you guys got to definitely go and check out the Patreon. But again, submit some questions for that. And any means of getting a hold of me is a perfect means for submitting a question. And of course, if we use your question on the show, which I guarantee you we will, as long as it's not just a question that makes absolutely no sense, then of course I will give you a shout out on that show too. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, a couple different ways to do so. Number one is to go and join the Patreon, trying to build that up as much as possible this year. Added a bunch of new benefits, a bunch of new tiers. Uh, There is also a seven-day free trial for the $3 tier and the $5 tier. But uh, over there, you'll get things such as ad-free episodes of the show, early access to the show, lives of the show, live replays of the show, uh, exclusive shows such as Bizarre Inquiries and another one that I'm working on Then the name hasn't actually been announced yet. Uh, You're also going to get Merch, exclusive merch store discounts, depending on which tier you pick. Uh, there's also an exclusive hangout and movie night that I do with the listeners and everybody over there. And there is also some tangible stuff. Uh, always building that, always expanding it. And if you guys have any suggestions as far as more stuff that you guys would like to see over there, I'm all ears about it. I would absolutely love to hear about it. And uh, as far as that goes, like I said, you don't just get this show, you get Bizarre Encounters and you get everything that entails all of that, all under the Open Minds Media umbrella. So uh, definitely a little bit more bang for your buck. So definitely worth going and checking out and supporting hopefully one of your favorite podcasts. And uh, beyond that, if you guys want to donate to the show directly, you guys can do so through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if any of you guys donate, let me know what you guys donated. If it doesn't give you some type of option for a personalized message, because I'd love to give appreciation where appreciations do. And all of that will go back into the show, make it so I can get out to more events, be able to meet more of you guys, get new pockets of listeners, and just uh, keep promoting my my uh, love and my dream, my passion for doing all this kind of stuff. And uh, like I said, any support that you guys want to do, greatly appreciate it. More than you guys will ever know. And uh, number three, you guys can go and check out the Open Minds Media merch store. Uh, I'm trying to update and put some new stuff on over there, but you'll definitely go and find logos for all of the different uh, shows that we have under the Open Minds Media umbrella. Uh, Some other Squatch and other cryptid related designs that I've been working on. Uh, There is the Squonk design from Squonkapalooza last year. uh, And I do have some new ones that are in the works currently. Uh, I do drop some random promo codes for that here and there over on the uh, social media pages. So if you guys want to keep tabs over there, make sure you guys uh, are able to take advantage of those promos. But if you don't want to wait for that, go and join the Patreon first and you will get exclusive merch store discounts depending on which tier you pick, of course. And number four, don't forget to leave a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. It's been a hot minute since I've gotten a five-star review, so I would definitely appreciate it if you guys wouldn't mind leaving one. Boost up the show and the algorithms, make it so that more people are able to see the show and the show can keep expanding as far as 2024 goes. I want to make it so hopefully by the end of the year, I'm able to do this full-time for you guys, be able to put out awesome content for you guys continuously, expand into new versions of content, possibly putting out some books, working on some documentaries, uh, working on some other tangible things, but the only way I'm going to get to that point is with your guys' help. So anything you guys could do to promote the hell out of the show, uh, again, I appreciate it more than you guys will ever realize. And uh, if anybody that you think, anybody that you know might enjoy the show, 
all the weird stuff that we talk about. You guys can always share the show through word of mouth, uh, you know, possibly reshare some of the clips from TikTok, YouTube, whatever you got to do. Just get the word out for the show. And uh, of course, you guys can also put the show on auto download and make it so that even if you don't listen to every single episode of the show, it'll still count as a, as a listen and it'll keep boosting us up through the algorithm. And uh, talking about supporting other creators, guys, don't forget to check out the awesome sponsors slash friends of the show. Uh, I know Squatch, Hans and Rick over there, absolutely killing it with all of their awesome Creeper Squatch logo design stuff. I'm always wearing the hats, always wearing the hoodies. Absolutely fantastic. I love all of the stuff that they put out and Rick and Hans are some of the best dudes out there. And then beyond that, for all of your other cryptid needs you could possibly want, uh, don't forget to go and check out Joe over there, Cryptotheology, bringing that awesome comic book style in with his art. Uh, I know Squatch, Cryptotheology, both absolutely fantastic, making up all of my closet, essentially, besides my own logo shirts. And uh, one side, you got the more serious uh, Creeper Woodland, their own variation, awesome whoop designs. And on the other side, you got that classic 90s comic book style, uh, bright and colorful, awesome cryptid designs. So if you guys want to pick up any of that gear, don't forget to go check out I Know Squatch and Crypto Theology. And to any of my uh, fellow bearded guys out there, don't forget to go and check out Snarly Yao's beard and body products. Uh, I use his beard balm and his beard oil every single day on my beard. Absolutely love it. I also use the body wash. I use the beard soap. Anything on his line, absolutely fantastic. It has that uh, smoky cedar smell with like a hint of mint. And if you guys are into the woods, you guys like that kind of stuff, I guarantee you guys will absolutely love his scents. And on top of that, Dave's an awesome guy. He's always putting on all of these different cryptid awesome events that are all happening somewhat near West Virginia. So if you guys are in that area, don't forget to follow him and go to some of the awesome events he puts on. Most of them are free events because he tries to give back to the vendors as much as possible. So definitely keep tabs on all of the awesome stuff that Dave's doing for the community. And uh, to all my paranormal investigators out there, don't forget to go and check out the Chattergeist. It is the all-in-one paranormal investigating device. My absolute favorite. I use it every single time that I go out. And uh, if you guys have any questions on it whatsoever, you guys can hit a Barry over there on Dimension Devices. He is the guy that programmed and developed it, so he'll be able to answer any technical questions you guys might have for it. And I know that he is continuously expanding on it. I know he's supposed to be dropping an app soon if it hasn't already come out yet. He's working on a new wristband for it. Uh, he's always building up on it. So there's always going to be new updates coming on for that one. So make sure you guys follow Dimension Devices on Instagram. And if you guys decide you guys want to pick up one for yourself, don't forget to use the affiliate link. Greatly appreciate it. It goes back again towards helping out the show. Uh, supports me, supports him, supports all of us all in one place. And uh, if you guys have any awesome experiences using the Chattergeist, of course, I would absolutely love to hear about it on the show. And everything that I mentioned is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, lead investigator and producer, Mike Famalot. How's it going today, man? Hey, hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Dude, we had a little bit of back and forth as far as like, I think uh, we tried to set something up a couple weeks ago and then we ended up having some stuff shift, but I, man, I've said it a few times on the show and it seems to work out a lot recently that stuff kind of falls into place where it's supposed to. So that being said, man, I'm really looking forward to the conversation today and seeing what we're going to end up getting into. Hey, everything happens for a reason. I'm just like, like I said, I'm just excited that we can finally make it work, right? Oh, yeah. So I guess a good spot to start off, man, for anybody that may not be familiar with who you are, what you do, and they want to get a little bit of a background before you get into the nitty gritty of the conversation. Uh, why don't you let them know a little bit about you, a little bit about your work, and a little bit about what got you into it? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Uh, 
I've been a Bigfoot researcher now since 2011. Well, uh, really 2011 was my first uh, uh, incident with Bigfoot, if you will. That's what got me into the whole thing. Uh, 2016 rolled around. I got really into it. Decided to make a, a YouTube show called In the Shadow of Big Red Eye. Uh, did that. And then uh, now what I do is tour the country full time speaking about Bigfoot at venues, large and small around the country, the East Coast of the country. And uh, they fund my way to camp at local state parks, national parks, whatever, uh, at night and film my show in the shadow of Bigger Eyes. So it's like a win, 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 win. <laughs> Man, that sounds like a perfect setup. I'm going to have to ask you a little bit about it after the show and stuff like that, because I'm trying to get it set up where I can just kind of do my research and enjoy everything. But sounds like you got a really good setup, man. And I'm assuming that yeah, the I, name... I do offering counseling at $125 per minute. <laughs> and uh, I, I assume that your name probably came from your experience itself, right? Were you one of the people that actually saw like the red eyes themselves with your experience? Actually, that was my second encounter. We saw like uh, uh, red and blue eyes, but the the uh, that was down in Florida. But uh, big red eye is actually uh, I live up in northwestern New Jersey in the the armpit of Pennsylvania, New York, if you will. And uh, we have this uh, Sussex County, New Jersey, has this uh, uh, in this or a big red eye uh, story. And the story is back in uh, 1972. A state park ranger from High Point State Park up here in Sussex County uh, went on record and said during his his evening night patrols, he saw two pairs of reflecting red eyes. And uh, he wrote it down in his uh, in his report or whatever. And I guess the next day, somehow the newspaper got a hold of it. And uh, he, thus the name Big Red Eye was born. So I, I got the name uh, from Sussex County's little claim to fame, 15-minute uh, claim to fame of Bigfoot here in the, in the county here, Big Red Eye. That's awesome, man. I love that it actually involves a local story because that's one of those ones. I don't know if I've actually heard that one before. So I'm always talking about it on the show, man. You got to bring this stuff back to the forefront because otherwise it ends up getting lost in time. And it's almost like putting like a time capsule a little bit for your name. But anybody, anytime anybody asks, man, it's an opportunity to bring it up. It's an opportunity yeah. for opening up a new conversation. Even, you know, when you're talking to some of the locals, even possibly sharing some stories with them about their local community they may not even know about. Exactly. It's, it's funny when, uh, you know, they come up to me and they, they, you know, locals have said, I'm sure we'll get into it. I have a Bigfoot mobile command center and has uh, in my vehicle, it's all graphic out has a uh, Bigfoot mobile command center real big on it. And I get people that come up all the time and are like, Hey, I saw a Bigfoot and nine times out of 10, these people will be from Sussex County and they'll be like, Hey, I saw these red eyes in the woods. I'm like, Hey, did you know the story? about the park ranger and they're like oh my god i never heard that so it's it's amazing just to bring out this local lore to people that a have never heard it and b across the country that now have seen these red eyes uh from from coast to coast now which is pretty amazing hey random side question were you at CryptidCon two years ago because i swear i saw a car that looked like that <laughs> CryptidCon? no i was not at CryptidCon. nope in Kentucky. Yeah, man, I, I, literally, I saw a car that somebody had stickers all over it that said something along the lines of that. But I mean, it may have just been like a random fan, but I was curious if uh, you and I were accidentally in the same place at the same time and didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I don't think I was encrypted kind of. I, I, I did like 100 events last year, so it's hard for me to remember, but I don't think I'm almost like 99.9% .9 sure I wasn't at CryptidCon. You would have seen, you would, you would remember the car. I'll show you a picture later. You'll, you'll, you'll see the car. Actually, even better yet, I'll include it in the cover art for the show. So I'm sure some of the listeners will probably want to see what it looks like too. <laughs> awesome. 
So of course, you know, you've had your own Sasquatch experiences and I always like to get into like different theories and opinions when it comes to Sasquatch, but I always like to know exactly where somebody's coming from with their personal experiences with it. So I'd love to kind of run through some of your experiences and know exactly like where your perspective comes from as far as Sasquatch goes. Sure. You want to like my first encounter type thing? Yeah. If you want, we can uh, go through your, uh, do your very first encounter. And then if you want, and I'm sure you've had maybe a handful of encounters, we can either run through them if you've only had a handful, or if you want, we can just touch base on some of the more uh, prolific ones, however you want to run it, man. I just want to hear about some of your experiences. All right. Well, let's, let's start at the beginning as I think that's, that's a a good place to start. Um, So, uh, and I'll tell you kind of the, the, the longer version of the story, because I know we have a, we have a second here, which is nice. Some of these, uh, podcasts that I get on are really crammed. So it's, I'm not able to share these stories. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to do this here. But, um, so it started back in 2011 and I was working at a beach resort in Sarasota, Florida, right? And this was the best job that I've ever had my entire life. The boss was like, oh, if you want to go out and watch the sunset and with the with the guests every night, just lock up and do that. I'm like, oh, my God, you don't got to tell me twice. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. So, <laughs> yeah, all right. So anyways, uh, one night, Finding Bigfoot was on TV. And um, I had, uh, at the end of the show, they were like, hey, if you want to come out with us, uh, you could pay this ridiculous amount of money. They didn't say that, but uh, you could pay this uh, this fee and then sign your life away and come out with us on this expedition. And I said, oh, my God, no way I'm not doing this, right? Don't tempt <laughs> me with a good time. Uh, so I signed up that night. I was engaged. I signed uh, me and the fiance up, uh, uh, you know, didn't tell her. Cause that was going to be like a surprise. We're just going on a camping trip. You don't give her any more details. Oh, oh, negative, (laughs) negative. So, so prior to this, I had never been camping before, like totally inside kid growing up, never, never, uh, uh, outside at all. Never been camping. So you really got thrown into it all around as far as Sasquatch and just being outdoors goes. Well, I was just like, let's, let's do this. Let's do something we've never done before and and before we get married and let's just like have this experience together why not right and look for bigfoot and laugh at these people i was never into this i had never like i was watching these people go around knock on trees and make calls in the woods and i'm like this is crazy these people are insane right so anyways uh so uh i had to get all my camping gear like the tent and the sleeping bag and stuff. Cause like I said, never outside before. So I had put it all in my little closet, uh, uh, thing that we had on our one bedroom, little apartment thing, little patio closet. Right. And, uh, I had put all the stuff in there and I buried it underneath all the Christmas stuff and whatever. And, uh, so anyways, got everything ready and the trip was coming up and she, for some reason, cleaned the apartment. Ooh. Never cleaned the apartment prior to this. Don't know why. Still have no idea to this day. But she's like, Mike, what is all this camping stuff? What What are we doing? And I said, hun, we are going to go to North Florida and look for Bigfoot. Right? <laughs> you should have been like, and I'm then, a prepper. It's just in case. <laughs> well, yeah. And then we broke up. So uh, it didn't last long. <clears throat> uh so yeah, uh, moved up to Tampa. Uh, we broke up, moved up to Tampa, got a job. Uh, I'm an EMT by trade, uh, got a job on the ambulance, uh, working on, uh, the ambulance for the city of Tampa, 
quickly went from the best job I've had to probably one of the worst jobs I've had. But uh, uh, I digress. Uh, she didn't break up and, because of that Sasquatch trip, did she? Not to get too personal with it, of course, but... Oh, yeah. Well, that was definitely part of it. Yeah. No, that was definitely... There was definitely something that in there that had to do with that. Yeah. Hey, man, talking uh, about things happen for a reason, especially considering what you do now. I mean, <laughs> as messed up as it sounds, you probably wouldn't have been able to do it if you had somebody who doesn't really kind of back you up with your research and what you do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, you know... Um, and for some other reasons, I'm glad I've gotten out of the relationship as well. But anyways, that was a long time ago. Moving on. On to Sasquatch. Uh, <laughs> yes, on to Sasquatch. So anyways, uh, I the trip was coming up, working on the ambulance. I had three partners. I knew absolutely nobody in the city of Tampa besides my three ambulance partners. And uh, the way I did it is I picked my weirdest partner and I said, hey, Jimmy, I'm going to go up to North Florida and look for Bigfoot. I found out these tickets now are non-refundable. I tried to get a refund. Nope. Negative. Excuse me. So anyways, uh, uh, no, uh, uh, I, Jimmy, I got these tickets to go up to North Florida, look for Bigfoot. Do you want to come? And he said, oh, my God, I've always wanted to do that. And I said, oh, perfect. We're going to be best friends. <laughs> and we are best friends to this day. I actually just got done hanging out with him a couple weeks ago. I was down in Florida. Things happen for uh, a reason, man. <laughs> exactly, right? Oh, it's it's this this it's so true. Everything is is so interconnected. It's awesome. Uh but anyway, so uh we uh we oh, I'm sorry, hold on. Uh anyways, uh we uh we He's like, Mike, this is, you know how crazy this sounds? Like, why didn't, like, why aren't you telling anybody? I'm like, you know how crazy this sounds, Jimmy? Like, this is exactly why I'm not telling anybody. Uh, and he's like, well, it's pretty cool, man. So, so we go up there to North Florida and we get up there and there's like 60 other people there. And I'm like, how are we going to find Bigfoot with 60 other people here? This is crazy, right? So, uh, so anyways, uh, we camp kind of like further away from everybody because we figured everybody was going to be weird. We just, I mean, come on, Bigfoot expedition, everybody's going to be a little unusual there. So we, uh, we camped a little further away from everybody and, uh, nothing happened the entire trip. It was a three night trip, a four day trip, uh, awesome people, uh, met some really, uh, cool witnesses, met, went some really cool hikes and stuff like that, but nothing squatchy happened. We actually found a, a Florida Panther footprint, which is cool. Cause at the time there are only like 25 of them left in the wild. Found a different cryptid on accident. That's still pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, the, uh, nothing, nothing squatchy until the last night, uh, Jimmy and I were up watching a, a meteor shower, right? It was beautiful. I don't know why I said it like that. Meteor shower, I said. But anyways, we're up <laughs> watching uh, the celestial event, if you will. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, we hear a tree knock, bam, on one side of the camp. And didn't think anything of it. A lot of things knock on trees. It could have been somebody getting up from the other side of camp, taking a taking a bathroom break in the middle of night, and you know, whatever. Uh so not, didn't think anything of it. And then and then about two minutes later, you hear, bam, tree knock from the complete opposite direction. So I said, hmm. I immediately thought, I was like, man, it has to be the people that put on this expedition. That they, they got to be hoaxing us, right? I'd be so, paranoid anyways. with just 60 people in general that, I mean, one, it would probably scare anything away. And two, 
all it takes is one person that you don't notice walks away from the crowd and they could completely, Mm -hmm. you know, manipulate the whole experience. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I thought happened. You know, I'm not, I thought it was either the people that put on the expedition or somebody else. Anyways, I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of interesting, but maybe that's how they get this many people to come back each and every year. And because it's like, they're hoaxing us and it's just like a fun thing now. Like, it's not like a research thing. It's just like, I don't know. So anyways, uh, about 15 minutes goes by, nothing happens. Uh, you, you hear come crashing down through the forest. A fist sized rock lands about 10 feet away from us. Uh, excuse me. Uh, it was at that point in my life where I said, uh, nope, this is how horror movies start. I am (laughs) out of here. Uh, 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 Jimmy said, well, well, if you want to go sleep in your car, you're more than, and by the time he said that I had my sleeping bag and my tent and I was just beelining it right to the car. Uh, so anyways, he comes up to the car after and he's like, Mike, Bigfoot's knock on trees. They throw rocks. This could be something that's very squatchy happening here. Right. So I was like, I guess you're right. So, so we went out back by the campfire over the next course of the, uh, course, of the next 15 minutes, four more of these fist sized rocks come and land down five to 10 feet away from us. Right. So I'm petrified. Jimmy's just beside himself. He said, and Jimmy, he's like, he's like, uh, he, he's a paramedic now. He's one of my best friends, extremely smart person, like, like very smart. Like if I was dying, I would want him to take care of me type thing. Uh, but he's not like street smart, right? Very book smart, not street smart. So he said, Mike, I got an idea. I'm going to throw a rock back at it. <laughs> I said, Oh, Jimmy. I said, I don't think that's a good idea, man. You know, like, so he takes one of the rocks and he chucks it back in that direction. And I knew it wasn't a person because at that exact moment, maybe like two seconds later, a laptop size, 15 pound boulder comes crashing down and lands like five feet away from us, from our campfire. And that was it. Yeah. Nothing else. Nothing else happened that night. Uh, next morning we did, uh, we did the whole, like, want to be scientific doing a recreation thing. So, well, first we asked around at camp if anybody heard anything, nobody else heard anything that night or the night prior. And then we wanted to try to see if we could recreate it. So we went over to like the closest area that it could have been. And that was like 75 yards away. And there's no way anybody's throwing a rock 75 yards. Unless like, unless like Nolan Ryan's out there chucking rocks in the middle of the forest at four o'clock in the morning and North Florida's panhandle. I don't think, you know, I don't know. I think that's pretty much outside of human range. So. Especially a 15 pounder. Wild. Cause that would be like arced yeah. over your head and just <laughs> whipping it over. Yeah. yeah. And you hear it, you hear it come crashing down through the trees too. So it wasn't just lightly tossed. It wasn't like just, you know, like, like, chucked from a close distance it had some 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 arcing arc to it and and velocity behind it so it's it's crazy nothing 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 besides like a person a monkey or a bigfoot could have done that and I'm, i stand by that to this day and i don't think there's any relic populations of of monkeys in in Torreya state park where this happened in north florida we would know about them uh that would leave a person or a Bigfoot. And I think we kind of ruled out person. So I, 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 it's been, it's been my goal. Those, that 15 minutes 
changed the direction of my life. We were talking about how everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and if it wasn't for this, I would be probably working in Tampa still as a paramedic and not enjoying what I, and it just, it's my life would be so different. And, you know, people used to, uh, you know, they used to kind of make fun of me for Bigfooting and, and they're like, Oh, you like looking for Bigfoot. That's kind of funny. That's crazy. You know, you're weird. And I still get that sometimes, but, um, I tell people, a, I have more fun than you and B, <laughs> uh, this is, uh, it's incredible. Like I, you know, it's just, it's, there's, there's nothing about this journey that I've been on that I wouldn't change. Nothing, nothing at all. So, uh, I, I, I gotta, you know, and, and everybody that has helped me along the way and stuff, got to give them so much credit, you know? Um, so it's just been crazy, man. Talk about, uh, just Sasquatch in general. Like it's weird that it's kind of gotten to a point where it's starting to somewhat get a little bit more acceptable to talk about. But for the most part, I mean, maybe it's because there's a lot of people that are just kind of letting their freak flag fly, so to speak, and just are open about researching Sasquatch. Like, I don't know, maybe it's I've been washed out from just doing the show for almost two years now. But like, I openly just tell people about the Sasquatch stuff and I like wait yeah. to see their reactions now. It's funny how like when you first start off with all of it, like you kind of keep it secret. You don't really tell anybody. Yeah. And after a while, yeah. you just get to a point where you're like, yeah, I look into Sasquatch. Like you just wear Sasquatch yeah. shirts everywhere. You talk about it like it just ends up becoming part of your life. And that ends up becoming like part of the obsession with it man is trying to just discover something that's unknown and so mysterious my new favorite thing to do i don't know if, if your viewers mostly watch it but i give girls my business card and just watch <laughs> their reaction and they're like what the and then sometimes i get oh you're the bigfoot guy and then i gotta be, I, then i gotta wa really watch where i tread because that could be that could be a bad thing too because we we don't know where that's going could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing could i guess be, you, you kind of have a, to play it both ways thing, or it could be a very bad thing one of the two um well i live in a very small county <laughs> anyways <laughs> <laughs> so i'd love to kind of dig into some of your theories about sasquatch but before you do that of course uh do you have any other like big experiences that you want to share oh man there's been there's been really cool ones um oh man so in high point state park high point state park is really cool because it has a lot of activity a lot of sightings come from high point state park here in new jersey uh we actually have 58 current bigfoot sightings which is the highest east of the mississippi per county which is awesome um but anyways uh we got a vocalization from up in in uh in high point state park that uh we five of us uh got it on recording and I'm sure this is going to come up in a little bit too, but uh, we saw something prior to this. Uh, but anyways, we got a, uh, a vocalization. I did a barred owl call, uh, kind of like a kind of thing. And uh, about two seconds later, we got this this perfect. Uh, it was a it was a, a series of three sustained long Bigfoot howls. And uh, I could say without a doubt that they were Bigfoot howls because what I did was I try to like like clear all my evidence before I release it, right? So like I sent this this away to a linguist from the military who does Bigfoot research on the side, and he said he came back with this like five page report and said because of X, Y, and Z, this is outside of human vocal range and it's no known animal. 
So that's pretty cool. I think that kind of validates a lot of stuff that we've kind of been doing. And that was that was a long time ago too. That was back in 2016, I think. Especially the the confirmation of the unknown also just makes it that much more interesting too because you can't exactly place it and say this is a Sasquatch because it's like the sound hasn't been proved yet, but it's like right. you can read between the lines. And it all started with, thankfully, Ron Moorhead getting that first major recording that really started really getting looked at. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for him, he, he, he really was like the, the kind of like the, the, the grandfather of Sasquatch audio when it comes to the, that, that kind of thing The uh, when it comes to really analyzing audio, if you will, and, and how he brought that to the community. Really cool. Dude. And it's cool that even to this day, it still hasn't been proven as anything other than still unknown. Wild. So, yeah. I mean, and that probably was one of the main experiences that really brought some like scientific validity to the Sasquatch phenomenon as far as like people actually looking at vocalizations seriously and actually trying to figure them out instead of just instantly saying, oh, it was some animal and then not putting 100%. any more thought into that besides yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And uh, of course, I want to dig again back and forth. I'm just going to end up hopping around with this. When it comes to the Sasquatch stuff, this is like one of my absolute favorite things to get into and talk about. Also, you know, doing Sasquatch research myself. Uh, So I want to just, again, scatterbrain, kind of dancing around a bunch of different stuff. But, uh, you know, one of the main questions, of course, I got to ask before we get too much farther into the conversation is uh, as far as like your, your theory on Sasquatch, like, well, what side of the side of the fence are you on as far as like what you think this Sasquatch could possibly be? So I think it's like, uh, so I, I, I get where you're going with the conversation. I think it's a biological creature. Uh, is that, that where you're headed? Biological, interdimensional UFO type thing? Yeah, because I mean, everybody has different opinions on it regardless. Sure. I mean, there's people yeah. that even think that they're just like some other ancestor of humans. They may not actually mm-hmm. be some type of ape. Like there's originally it was between like interdimensional and apers. And now there's so many different subcategories. So it's many. like you there's, could go down yeah, so many crazy. paths. <laughs> uh I, you know, and I say I, I, I'm biological because uh, that's what the evidence that I found so far, far has proven to be. Uh, I'm not to say that it's uh, now. Now I will say if I if I had a second choice, I'd be like a UFOer because uh, prior to that vocalization in High Point State Park, about 15 minutes prior to that, we saw, uh, and I said there were five of us there, uh, UFO zigzagging through the sky it was just uh it was a it was a like a red m just zigzagging across the sky and uh that's it's not it's not close enough to correlate the two for me like to say that that's bigfoot 15 minutes isn't close enough i don't know some people might think that's crazy to not think that I mean, even within just being within the same area, I mean, I've kind of thrown the idea a million times, too, that we're fascinated with Sasquatch. So who's to say that there may not also be extraterrestrials fascinated with Sasquatch? And it doesn't mean that they're necessarily like coming off of the UFOs, but rather that the UFOs are just interested in them for the sake of just studying the planet as a whole and all of its weird creatures that might exist on it. And if they find one of these rare creatures, of course, they're going to be tracking it down. I mean, no different than if you were a person in like the middle of the jungle and you found like an all white, you know, some some type of like rare all white or all black animal or something you know like you're oh, gonna yeah. follow it down just out of curiosity and for the Scientific sake of just studying study it thing yeah <laughs> absolutely uh and i think it could be too is just this simply it could boil down to bigfoot researchers spend a lot more night hours in the woods and have a, 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 a inherently better chance at spotting ufos in the sky just more of an awareness in general. I mean, yeah, you're there and absolutely. you just observe anything that moves around you, especially when you're in that mind state that like any little sound you're paying attention to fully instead of just kind of brushing it off and continuing walking your path. 
Yeah, you're especially at night when you're in the woods, your senses are so heightened. Everything that is especially like your vision sense, you don't think it is, but but any little thing that's not black, you you pick up on. Your night vision does really good at that. So if you do see a light in the sky, I think that's like what we saw, you know, and it was kind of doing like it wasn't like a normal airplane movement. It kind of caught our eyes. It was just weird. And then like I said, we had that big vocalization that is just re beyond uh, anything that uh, I've heard before. Just out of random curiosity, too, while you're doing some of your Bigfoot research, have you come across uh, like orbs or lights at all? Once, yeah, I came across a red-ish orb. Uh, I was in Pennsylvania. I forget where in Pennsylvania. I think I was in Forbes State Forest, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and uh, it was just, and I and I, I want to say the the biological person in me uh the scientific person would say it's swamp gas but i don't know if it was swamp gas or not i i just don't i i i don't know we we were kind of by a swamp so it kind of makes sense i guess but um uh it wasn't like i think nine times out of ten when people see orbs it's probably like the sky the skyline or like uh, the stars and stuff like be be beyond what like the tree line and stuff um but this wasn't that, I could tell you that much. It was probably like, I don't know, 30 yards from us or so. But that's the only other time that I've seen anything that I can't really explain in the woods. See, it seems like you, a lot of the time, blue specifically ends up being somewhat seen around Sasquatch. And like I because you brought up the UFO thing, I like kind of bouncing the yeah. two a little bit together. Not necessarily like saying that they're the same thing, because I am definitely not one of the people that thinks that Sasquatch is like an alien, for example. But mm -hmm. just trying to figure out the orbs in general, because they seem to just be one of those connecting factors between just about everything. So, I mean, it's one of those questions that's coming up no matter what. If I have a ufologist, a Sasquatch researcher, a paranormal yeah. investigator, he got to ask about the orbs. <laughs> one of my favorite uh, uh, topics when I'm in North Carolina, I always make it a point to try to go there, is the Brown Mountain uh, light phenomenon. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, I think I, uh, I did an episode on that on Bizarre Encounters not too too long ago, a couple months oh, back. Cool. Yeah, uh, for for your listeners that aren't familiar, it's a it's a mountain in, in Linville Gorge, North Carolina, and uh, which is about two hours, hour and a half north of Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, they have a series of they've been seeing it since like the the pre revolutionary time. Uh, these just uh, orbs that uh, uh, looks like fire burning. Uh, but the orbs that travel around the mountain, some people say it's headlights, but there's definitely no streets around there. Uh, some people started really to say cool. it was trains too, and it was showing trains. up before the trains too. I mean, maybe it yeah. kind of built into being part of it sometimes, but it, it originally it didn't start with the trains. So they're just throwing explanations at it at that it, point. <laughs> it, it seemed when, when trains and stuff, when more people started realizing the phenomenon, it, it increased, of course, like, like just with Bigfoot sightings, when, when more people, you know, when saw the Patterson Gimlin film, more sightings came out. So when more people reported seeing the lights, more people obviously uh, came about and saying, Oh yeah, I see him. I see him. But yeah, you're completely right. There has to be something prior to the modern solution of what this phenomenon is right so it's it's just really cool uh and if you're ever in the Asheville area definitely take a ride up there the road's very sketch so you need a four-wheel drive to get up there but uh it's really cool and totally worth the drive you can make it and uh just another side question kind of digging back into uh like sasquatch i know you said you don't necessarily follow like the more like woo, -woo side of sasquatch but do you kind of look into like uh like the native american legends as far as sasquatch goes is trying to see somewhat of a possible explanation of what these things could be 
Well, you know, it, it's interesting because, like, I think if anybody were to know what kind of roams around the forest, it'd be the Native Americans, right? I mean, and, when it comes to just about anything in the U.S., the first thing I always go back to is Native American stuff and see if it pops up there because they'd be yeah. the farthest back that we are aware of that we'd actually be able to follow some of their stories and pick some pieces out. And And speaking of the stories, it's crazy that 99% of American or North American uh, Native American tribes had stories of Bigfoot, but they didn't communicate with each other, right? So it's like, how 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 did that happen? Like, hold the presses for a second, right? So so that just just leads me to believe that they they have to believe in something. But some of the, it, it's it's fascinating to me because some of the stories they say that you know they have this uh, protector of the forest. Uh, 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 a type creature, which I think is fascinating because it's a really cool, cool, cool story behind it, and I think it's it's um, definitely Bigfoot related. But then you also have uh, other stories where it's totally mythical type creature related, which is is interesting too. Because what does that kind of point to? That kind of points to the woo side of things, right? So we don't know. And especially when it comes to like the Native Americans with like using totem poles, for example, you know, they were using real animals for those. They weren't using like part of animals that were part of their mythos. Right. So, I mean, like they had Thunderbirds on them and they had Sasquatch. So, I mean, there has to have been something to it. And I mean, right. just to not sidetrack past Sasquatch, but, you know, people have that natural instinct when you see darkness above your head to duck. So that means that there was something at some point that was bigger than us flying above us that we were afraid of. So, I mean, mm. there's connecting pieces to this that people just kind of overlook just because they hear Bigfoot or Sasquatch and they're like, oh, that's just that's just stories. And they just try to press it off without actually putting much actual thought into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think if, if, as long as, as somebody has an opinion of a Bigfoot or, or whatever, whether it be the woo side of things, biological side of things, whatever have you, or, or it could be, like we said, there's millions of other things you could think. Um, as long as you have an opinion, I think that's what really matters. You know what I mean? I, th I think, uh, if you don't have an opinion, then it's like, man, you, you know what? What's going on with you, right? <laughs> See, dude, my opinions scatter on this one. Like, I can't necessarily say I'm in any specific camp because I kind of entertain all possibilities when it comes to it, I see some as probably being a little bit more logical than others, but it's yeah. like, I kind of bounce back and forth between the whole idea about, I don't want to necessarily say Nephilim, like 100% biblically, but just looking at like Bible stories about how there was these giants and that extends past like biblical stories to basic cultures everywhere. Honestly, they're being giants and then having descendants of giants that after they started like breeding with humans, that kind of seems like it might kind of fit that niche as far as Sasquatch goes, because it's like this height that's in between like a giant in between like yeah. a human. There's like the whole background stories about Sasquatch being known for like taking females and stuff like that. So it just seems like there's kind of connecting it into, I don't want to necessarily say completely biblical, but just kind of looking at it from the biblical perspective, because it is connecting pieces from stories all around the world. I mean, that's, that's one idea I like to entertain. Uh, there is also the possibility that it is some type of like human or hominid that we didn't necessarily catch up with. I don't know if I fully go towards like the, the primate camp, cause it seems a bit more intelligent than that. And usually how I kind of try to decipher it is, you know, most people want to say, Oh, it, it's not intelligent. If it's not, you know, living in cities and doing this and doing that. And I usually explain it with like, 
you know, if you don't have a need for that advancement, then you're not going to advance in that. There's no reason for Sasquatch to learn how to play music, read, write, but it can survive like no one's business and chameleon itself like no one's business in the woods because that's where it needs to be intelligent at. doesn't mean that they're not just as smart as us. It's just in a totally different way, shape and form because they didn't, they didn't progress down the same path that we necessarily did. And then, of course, there's always the possibility that might be like Gigantopithecus. And then you get into the whole interdimensional stuff, too. And it's like there's just certain weird pieces with that, too. Um, with a lot of people I've talked to um, who've had firsthand experiences with like their perception being changed around these things, like their car disappearing from like weird locations. Like it just seems like there also might be some other possibility to these things. And I mean, if you're looking at it from that perspective too, for me, at least it doesn't logically make sense to me that these things are like using some type of device or something to cross dimensions. Like I usually kind of talk about it from like the possibility of you hear about time slips when it comes to people. So, I mean, you know, something has like a time slip that, that happens and then it ends up not correcting itself and then they're here and then they start producing a breeding population. So they kind of has some of those like interdimensional properties to it, or there's like random time slips, these things walk through here and there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're fully controlling it. And then not to go on too much of a long rant, but then there's the other side of it too, where you talk about like their vocal ranges. And it seems like with a lot of this weird phenomenon stuff, it has a lot to do with like pitch and frequency might be how you theoretically are able to open up these doors, even going into like UFO research and stuff. So then you get into the interdimensional side of it where it's like, you know, if these things, vocal ranges are way beyond our limits on what we could even like imagine, like who knows what they might potentially be able to do with pitch and frequency that sound woo woo, but it might not be woo woo at all. It's just an under a natural understanding of something that we're trying to discover using a scientific method to discover it through technology when that may not necessarily be needed if you have the right tools naturally to be able to do these things. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's, here's, I, I think it, 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 you touched on it and, and my, my good friend, Justin, Justin Decker, he has this, this theory and it, he says it perfectly. And he says that, Back in the day when we were first exploring the Amazon rainforest and we came across, uh, you know, these eels, which we totally knew what they were and stuff. And then all of a sudden we got close to them and we got zapped. Right. And it took a long time. This is before electricity. Like we didn't know what electricity was. So all that we knew was we got close to these things and we got zapped. It wasn't until a long time later when science really took over that we could really study these things. And we knew that these things were actually electric eels and they could produce electricity. Like that's wild. We, we have the potential to not know what Bigfoot can do yet. We just, we just don't know. We just haven't had the opportunity to be able to explore the potential of what Bigfoot has. It's very possible. And I'm not a woo guy, but I, you got to leave that door open. There's always that possibility. I mean, that's one thing that I say all the time when it comes to the woo-woo stuff is that it may not be as woo-woo as you think. It may be a completely natural ability that's only seen in one animal. And you see that a lot. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today through nature that something completely seems off the wall crazy until you actually like discover this animal and understand how it works and you see that it's only seen in one place so i mean people talk about the whole idea about uh like sasquatch possibly being able to like go invisible or chameleon itself and it sounds completely woo woo but then you get into the whole idea about like you can use pitch and frequency to like alter people's perception give them headaches make things even possibly disappear in their perception and again it sounds completely woo woo but then you start connecting in the scientific side of it and you know maybe it is a possibility and again it's not necessarily that they discovered this upon scientific means but rather it was just something that they're naturally able to do within their vocal range is to cause like distortion and confusion to people um when they start getting close and they can project these waves onto them i mean people talk about like the infrasound with other animals and it doesn't necessarily work that way but again talking about specific to one specific species sasquatch may have a whole other level of infrasound because its vocal range is way different than anything else on the planet i got zapped i'll be the first one to admit it and i'm not a woo-woo guy but i think bigfoot has the, the 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 uh, ability to 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 project this infrasound on on his 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 uh, people or predators or, or not predators but prey. Um, I was walking uh, on this path that I've walked on uh, a hundred times. I could do it, you know, blindfolded, daytime, nighttime, backwards, upside down, you name it, I could do it. You know, totally comfortable. I was doing a solo night hike. I got about uh, three quarters of a mile into the the hike, and by, it felt like I hit a brick wall. Like I couldn't go any further. All the hair stood up on the back of my neck. I was like, "Uh oh, something doesn't want me here." And uh, was it more like around. physical for you, or was it more of like that? I don't want to say a sixth sense feeling, but like a sixth sense, like I need to get out of here, uncomfortable feeling. Because people well, kind of describe it a little bit differently. So I'm just kind of curious on your side of it. It was it was both. Like I definitely had a physical reaction to it. My heart rate increased. I'm I'm sure my blood pressure increased. I started sweating. Uh, I remember those feelings, but I also had this intuitive sense of, oh crap, something doesn't want me here. Uh, so actually, uh, it, I called my buddy who dropped me off the trailhead because it was a one way hike, and I was like, you gotta have to pick me up. Like, and he's like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. And you could actually on my YouTube channel, uh, it was all recorded, uh, so you could see the whole thing from from the time I was totally fine to the second that I got this zapped feeling. And I go ahead and I, I actually explain it through the video, which is pretty interesting. I don't think anybody else has ever recorded that before. Did you have like the days for a little bit after or what did it like kind of spontaneously go away? Cause it seems like depending on the person, some people will experience it for a minute and then it'll kind of fade out and go away. And other people almost feel just like kind of, I don't want to say concussed, but just kind of confused and like cloudy and foggy for a couple hours after experiencing that. Yeah. I didn't feel cloudy or foggy or anything during the whole thing. I just felt overwhelmingly scared. Uh, and, and as soon as I left the area, uh, I didn't feel scared anymore. 
So it wasn't it it wasn't a long lasting thing. It wasn't a uh, you know and and you're right. People do do report having that cloudy kind of feeling for days after the event, um, or feeling very uh, the, like an upset stomach type of feeling. I didn't feel anything like that. So that's that's interesting that I didn't. Maybe I just had a different type of reaction to it, or or something like that. I don't know. See, I'm kind of curious if it might possibly be just like different people's bodies react to different things in different ways. Or maybe it's yeah. a possibility that, you know, they kind of have like a range on what they can can do with it, where if they are trying to completely get you away, they can hard stun you. But if they're mm-hmm. trying to more so just scare you to kind of deter you away, then they'll maybe hit you with a little bit less. Or maybe yeah. there's also the possibility of these things have the ability to do it naturally, but they have to learn how to do it. So when people are getting hit hard, it's by a Sasquatch that's fully developed this ability where when people only get hit a little bit, it might be, you know, like the juveniles in training, so to speak, where, you know, they're just, oh, they're trying yeah, to build up and learn their ability still. Cause just uh, like singing, you kind of have to, it's, it's a muscle, you know, you got to kind of have to work that range out. They may not just have that range right off the bat without practicing and like using that muscle properly never thought about that but that's that's very uh that that definitely is a possibility for sure 100 percent. and uh, cool. I, I was I, I was gonna ask a little bit earlier have you ever had a uh, like a first-hand sighting or you actually like physically saw one with your eyes or gotten any photography of them or anything like that no that's that's funny uh uh people ask me all the time and they they kind of they 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 kind of it's funny because like i see their faces kind of cringe a little bit when i say like i don't fully believe that bigfoot exists 100 percent, and they're like you devoted your life to this that's not a bad thing that's just being a healthy skeptic because i mean if you completely believe in it like this is it then any piece of anything you're gonna want to gravitate towards this is evidence when the best researchers are the ones that kind of sit on the fence line that they want to prove it, but they're not yeah. going to take everything as this is Sasquatch. I'm sitting at about 70% just because I've never seen one, you know? Uh, um, but do I think they're, they're, they, they're out there? Sure. I think something either is or was out there. I know, I know something is or was out there. You know, do I think something still is out there? I do. I do. So we just got to find it. That's all. I mean, at least for me, I've had like uh, like experiences where I've seen like footprints and stuff, and a lot of those are like completely unexplained. Uh, like one of them, we were on a squatch hike, and it was about like three o'clock in the morning. We we're walking through this different area, and we walked past like a creek. Uh, we didn't find any footprints, didn't see anything, and then we ended up following the same path on the way back. And across one of our footprints, there was a footprint that was twice the size of our footprint and barefoot. So it's like at three o'clock in the morning, who's just out here in the middle of the woods walking across your footprint barefoot with giant feet? Like unless there's possibly, you know, some, you know, you want to talk about like uh, some backwoods, possibly inbred family or something that's like hiding out in the middle of rural nowhere like some some mick dodge creature yeah with like one, one giant foot or something i mean there's not really any other <laughs> explanation to that you know, that's just it's too off the wall and weird i mean maybe there's some other logical explanations to it but you know you kind of have to look at also too at the depth that it goes into the ground because if you see something like that and it's barely touching the surface and the ground's wet then you know it wasn't from something heavy and then you know maybe it's somebody messing with you but if you see a wet foot wet uh mud and there's a footprint like that and it sinks an inch in inch and a half in then you know that there's some good weight behind that (laughs) absolutely and what's cool about it nowadays is people don't realize like uh, you take a picture uh, of a footprint with a scale object. That's my pet peeve of Bigfoot footprints. Uh, 
And you day can, one rule, you got to put a tape measure next to it. That's how you got to do it. Got to do tape measure, dollar bill, anything doesn't matter. Uh, but take a picture with something next to it that's that's easily measurable. But um, uh, and you could post it to like there's there's scientific Facebook groups that are just out there to identify animal tracks and scat and and anything that you can imagine. So if you're curious about what this could be, uh, a lot of these groups are non crypto groups. So I wouldn't go and and put your best Bigfoot footprint up there to start with. But if you're curious about hey what could have made this track, this is a very curious track. Uh, post it up there and see what people think because a lot of times these 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 prints that I see and people that are posting these prints they they are explainable prints uh, so it's just a matter of an uh, it comes down to a knowledge of the animal base that's in the area and the knowledge of the tracks of the animals that are in the area and uh, of course besides the vocalization because we are talking about prints uh, what what's like your your longest and what's your like best print that you've that you've come across. So that was cool. We had seven of them uh, over. No, I'm sorry, six of them over a course of about 70 yards. Uh, six tracks. Uh, they were in, again in High Point State Park, which is cool. Uh, they. What was weird is we hiked. Uh, so I got a call from a witness, uh, not a witness, but a, a guy from New York City, and he was a science teacher from New York City. And he said he called me up. And he said, "Hey, every winter I take my mountain bike and I go mountain biking up in High Point State Park." And every year I find thousands of Bigfoot footprints. Do you want to see them? And I said, uh, yeah. So of I course. met him up there. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I said, no, no, thank you. I'm good. No, maybe I'm next good. time. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Give me a call. Maybe. No. So uh, I met him up there uh, February early. It was, it was actually uh, 2016, I think it was. So uh, almost to the day, however many years ago that was, uh, not eight years ago. Uh, so I got to get back up there. Uh, but there was a, a fresh coat of snow on the ground. We were the first, uh, first, uh, vehicle car tracks into the trailhead parking lot. So nobody else was there before us. Seven o'clock in the morning, fresh snow on the ground, like 14 degrees out, no snow melt whatsoever. Uh, and we walked down and met the witness. We walked down about, uh, we were there about a half hour before he was, walked down about a mile and a half down this, uh, fire road, unmarked fire road, excuse me. And we came across, uh, these footprints, but what was weird is they weren't on the trail. They were actually paralleling the trail. And, and, um, that's commonly seen too, of course, for people that aren't familiar with that. Usually you don't find big footprints on the trail. If anything, they're going across, you usually find them a couple feet off the side of the trail. And they were like going over bushes and stuff like picker bushes and stuff like that. Just, just trucking through it. So I was surprised you would think they would take the path of least resistance, but no, this guy was off the side of the trail. It was very cool. Um, and with one step, he just took one step over the trail. Didn't even leave a footprint in the middle of the trail or anything. Uh, just stepped over that trail when he wanted to go over the other way. Then we lost the tracks because it stopped snowing. That snow, snow hat wasn't there anymore. Uh, but unfortunately, and, and I'll send you that picture too. You may, might be able to put it up on the, the show notes or something like that. But uh, it was really cool. Um, it's uh, because of the dimensions of the track. Uh, it was a 15 and a half incher. Uh, some people say that, uh, well, a lot of people, well, it's true. When a bear double steps, uh, it's sometimes its back foot will land in its front foot and make it look very human-like, right? Uh but if this was a black bear, which we know we have a lot of up here, this would be a New Jersey record size black bear, which is uh, 800 pounds, 
plus an additional 200 pounds. This would be a thousand pound black bear because of the dimensions of this track. So I threw that one up there on the, on the, on the, in the, you know, identification page and it got taken down because everybody was like, I think that's a freaking Bigfoot, man. <laughs> Dude, that's one of those weird ones too, that if you find like one footprint like that, maybe two, then you can entertain the possibility of a bear. But if you're finding like a full six footprints yeah. all the way across, like there's no way that that's perfectly falling like that six times in a row. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we'd have to be the luckiest person if it was, but even, I mean, it could be, but it can't be. I mean, it, it just is so. It's extremely unlikely that that's going to happen six times perfectly in a row. The stars would align well before a bear stepped perfectly six times in a row. (laughs) I'm not going to say that it hasn't happened before, but super rare, the possibility that it would happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I like to throw this idea at anybody that does Sasquatch research because it's just been something that I've been kind of playing around with the idea of lately. So if Sasquatch are intelligent and most people, when you follow the footprints, usually want to follow the footprints towards the direction that they're heading in. If they're intelligent, they're trying to keep you away from the area that they're actually residing and living in. Have you ever tried to go the opposite way the footprints are going to see if maybe they're trying to use them as a deterrent to try to get you to walk this way when there's actually something back that way? Smart. Never thought about that. Because, I mean, you hear about a lot of like, uh, you know, people stumble upon uh, what they would assume might be like a juvenile with like a mother. And then they'll start hearing like noise off in the distance and it'll kind of just hear them to go that way. And I mean, you see it all the time with with just animals in nature in general. You know, birds, the males are usually a lot more colorful than the females so that if any danger arises, the male can distract uh, anybody, the predators away from the female, assumably it'd be the same with Sasquatch. I mean, realistically humans are doing the same thing. If there's any female or any uh, danger that's coming towards somebody's female and their children, of course, they're going to do everything they, that they can to try to tear them away from it. So, mm-hmm. you know, assumably it'd be the same for Sasquatch. I mean, I, I've, I've always thought that if these things are intelligent enough to be hidden for this amount of time and nobody's been able to really find them besides like fleeting glimpses of them, they find trace evidence here and there. And it seems like the trace evidence is like, Sometimes just the footprints are like perfect. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like it, there might be a good possibility that they're actually placing those things intentionally. Do you want to hear one of my, my favorite track story? Absolutely. Ever, ever heard before. So this is a, from a professor down in central Jersey. He was in a Lair state park, which is uh, in central Jersey. It's a very cool park. Uh, a picture from a Bigfoot came out of there a while back. Uh, but anyways, winter time, this, uh, this professor was winter tracking found a Bigfoot pathway, was following it in through the woods off trail for like a mile plus, right? Uh, all of a sudden, he got up to this area and the prints were fresh. He was like right on this thing's trail. So he's like, you know, doing daytime, no problems. Uh, all of a sudden, he got to this one area, thick area, where the footprints stopped. Stopped. And he's like, Son of a bitch. These things are interdimensional. I'm going to have to go and redo my whole PhD because now these things are, you know, they just disappeared, right? They just disappeared. The footprints disappeared. So he went back, uh, uh, you know, dumbfounded. Next day, he went back. He's like, I'm going to follow these footprints again, get some good pictures of them and stuff like that. Showed us the pictures of them. Uh, Next day... He came back and the footprints continued, right? He didn't look up. That's what I was about to say. I've always entertained the idea that when the footprints stop, 
these things are ape-like. Even humans are known for climbing trees. It's like, yeah, it's definitely a possibility they went up. And they, again, were intentionally trying to get you to follow that path in that direction. And that's why they stopped at that point. He could have had a very good Class A sighting of a Bigfoot if he just looked up. Dude. That's cool. See, I, I always entertain the interdimensional possibility, but this is always the side that I stay on, is that these things are hyper-intelligent, and they just know how to manipulate the ground, the, their their environment around them to the point where, again, they're almost using like these military tactics to a certain point that seem like it's just a matter of time that if you're spending enough time trying to evade things in the woods that these military tactics would eventually just become like common sense after a certain point. And I mean, that even explains like the whole idea about what I said with my experience, I've thrown it a few times that I was talking to uh, Rick reels from, I know Squatch, and he was talking about this thing that people would, uh, you know, if in the military, if you're following a group of, of people at a certain point, you would come down from where you're hiding at and you would basically step into one of their footprints. And the whole idea is that they would come back and end up seeing that. And then they become paranoid and then they would end up slipping up and then you could take advantage of them being paranoid. So he threw that idea with like Sasquatch that, you know, they were trying to basically psych you out by putting their footprint across your footprint. And yeah. it's actually like a military tactic. So, I mean, same thing with this. It's a rule of just averting somebody that you make a couple of footprints go in this direction, climb up in a tree, and then you take off in another direction. You leave a bunch of sets of footprints leading in different directions and nobody knows where that, to follow it. That just made me feel very uncomfortable about walking in the woods at night. Thank you for that. <laughs> now if I find a now if I find a footprint across oh man, I'd be like, man, that guy on that podcast. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they're tracking you down, man. They're just letting you know I'm they're gonna, there. I'm going to I'm call you up and be like, dude, this you're never going to believe what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me. If that ever does happen to you, man, I, I want to know about I'll, it for sure. I'll be back on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at least for me, man, I always go towards just them being like extremely intelligent and able to manipulate their surroundings. Um, of course, the interdimensional stuff is fascinating. There are some very weird off-the-wall cases where you're kind of like, eh, maybe that'll change my mind. But at least for me, that's where I sit, is that they're just very intelligent. Another possible variation of like, I don't want to necessarily say human, because technically, I mean, humans are primates. It's all within the same family. But same realm. Yeah, it, I, I don't necessarily think it gears more towards like the ape family as much as it gears more towards like the human side of like ape with basically the ability to be out in nature. And that's why they developed the hair. They did all that. Cause if it wasn't for humans starting to use clothes and starting to get into farming and all of this type of stuff, you know, we'd probably be completely covered in hair still too, because we'd have a need for that in order to stay safe, you know, against the elements, but we started developing clothes. So generations and generations later, like we have less and less hair. And even recently with like more generations, it seems like our parents' generation had way more hair than we did. So we're still kind of deterring down that path where if we were just out in the woods, living in the woods, and we even took people from now and put them back in the woods and they went a couple generations, oh, I guarantee yeah. you they're going to end up being extremely hairy a couple generations yeah. later. Well, here's the thing. So I think Bigfoot, they're they're like, I think they're, they, they're like level is like kind of pre-Neanderthal type, type level. Uh, and I say that because I think they're like, uh, it, I think they're nomadic creatures. And I say that I think they're nomadic because... Um, if you look at, and I would challenge any researcher that listens to your show to try to try to come up with the same theory. But uh, if you look at Bigfoot sightings in New Jersey, take uh, any county in New Jersey that you go to or wherever, uh, but uh, say northern New Jersey, like I am at, sightings increase eighty percent 
every third year. Why? And you have to look at that. Why you have to ask yourself, why does why would that make sense? And then you have to you have to come to some logical conclusion of why that happened. So my conclusion is that I think Bigfoots are nomadic and they follow the food. I think they eat very similar things to what bear eat. And bear eat a lot of berries, right? We have the highest density of black bear population east of the Mississippi. We have the highest cor- we have the highest black bear si- or highest Bigfoot sightings east of the Mississippi. So that would correlate that they would eat similar things. Uh, so, anyways, uh, you take a berry bush, which berries, you know, are are bear and Bigfoot's main source of food. You strip that berry bush and break it at the bottom. Three years for that berry bush to grow berries again. So I think Bigfoot actually follow uh, the berry cycles around the state of New Jersey, and every third year they're back in the same spot eating the eating the berries. Dude, I was gonna say that I've noticed stuff like that in Michigan that they seem to follow where the fish go a lot in Michigan, mm-hmm. which again, same with a lot of like the bear stuff. And assumably they'd be following herds because I know a lot of people kind of address the possibility that these things eat a lot of vegetation. But being that size and being that muscular, you would definitely have to have a lot of protein intake. So I guarantee you these things are tracking down deer. They're following herds. They're taking what essentially whatever they can get. Um, Absolutely. But assumably there's going to be a lot of like berries and vegetation on the in-between. And then maybe they're eating like a big meal of a deer, you know, like once a week or something like that, for example. And that might be enough protein for them to sustain off of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it would take, it would be just, just like um, uh, back in the day, we didn't, hunt down deer per se uh before we had like arrow we always had like arrows and stuff like that but it would be very difficult for a the, the choleric choleric intake to to chase down a deer or ex uh, would be just uh, crazy it would, it would be more calories to chase down a deer than it would be to eat the deer uh, that's why when I think Bigfoot do chase down these things, they probably do it in like a group setting. They probably like, you know, drive the deer and do like a herd kind of thing and chase, you know, chase the deer down like that. I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to say, I think that there's two really good possibilities on how Sasquatch hunt deer. Number one, of course, the obvious. These things are able to throw rocks across like literally across the woods and make them land right in front of somebody. So assumably these things got some killer aim. So if these things are able to like sit up in trees, they might just wait for a deer to walk by and then just chuck a rock at its head and it's just going to drop, especially if they have that much force behind it, they could possibly throw a boulder at it. And then the other thing I've heard a few people talk about discovering these things where it seems like there's like a bunch of like trees and branches and everything that are lined up in the woods that create a wall that gets down to like a center point. And a lot of people have different names for them, but I kind of usually refer to them as like kill walls. And it seems like the way that that would work. And again, kind of going into this like weird military logic stuff that these things seem to weirdly have an understanding of, you know, you chase the prey into the wall, then the prey will start following down the wall. And at the end of the wall, then you have another one sitting there and they basically just sit and wait while the rest of them chase them down this wall into the path of the other one. Absolutely. It would make the most sense. It would, it would, it, and a Bigfoot, I think a Bigfoot would have the intelligence to do that. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, even just hands down from those rocks, man, all they'd have to do is sit at a good point. And I think that these things have enough yeah. power. They could take this thing out with a rock at a couple hundred yards. Easy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And there you go. There you have an easy, easy, good protein meal for you, you know? And I mean, there's also even the possibility of these things being scavengers too. Cause I mean, if they're huge apex predators and the woods get silent when they're around, 
all they have to realistically do is wait for a group of, um, you know, coyote or a group of wolf to take down a deer and they just have to come into the area infrasound. Those things are taken off and then they got a free meal and all they had to do was sit and wait and wait for the pack to take them down. Cause I mean, there's even people that have talked about how, you know, I mean, it kind of, there, there's like a weird mix with like the, the Dogman stuff and like the Sasquatch stuff where, you know, for a while, I think that a lot of people were reporting Dogman encounters as Sasquatch encounters because they didn't necessarily have like the idea to say like, this is a Dogman versus this is a Sasquatch. They're just describing these humanoid, big, hairy creatures that were in the woods. So yeah. at least with Dogman stuff, you hear a lot about them being around packs of wolves. So, I mean, it could be theoretically the same for Sasquatch is since they don't maybe carry somewhat of the same genetics or they might be able to communicate with wolves, so to speak, they might still follow herds of wolves or follow packs of wolves so that they can essentially just take their, take their prey whenever they actually hunt something down. And they might just nonchalant walk behind a pack of wolves. And as soon as they take them down, then they come in, they rush in, then they take the food and call it a day. (laughs) Um, no, uh, yeah, I think you're entirely right. I think wolves, and especially around here, we don't have wolves, but coyotes, I think they're a great indicator species of Bigfoot, 100%. I think they uh, Bigfoot, you know, coyotes, uh, wolves yip when they make a kill, and they, they yap, yelp when they make a kill. And I think a Bigfoot will hear that and just be like, oh, come on, easy meal. And just meander right on over and, and have, have dinner, you know, scare off the coyotes, right? I mean, there are actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there are some connections with Sasquatch and like coyotes, for example. Um, I've heard a good handful of people talk about that they'll hear like coyote calls and then they'll hear a last one that doesn't sound like a coyote. It's something else that sounds kind of off. So, I mean, that seems like it's a pretty common motif. So maybe they do follow packs of coyotes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've heard barred owls that just sounded like they had a cold like that. That was weird. Uh, but coyotes that just don't, the coyotes that sound like a big uh, monkey. <laughs> I, I had one know. that was coming to mind where somebody was telling me that they heard a bunch of coyotes going off. And then the last one they heard, a, ooh, <coughs> ooh, and then like it continued, it was like a cough in the middle of it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> And then going into that, man, we're talking about their vocal range. Like, who knows what these things are possible on mimicking in the first place? I mean, they might just do it for fun, just for the sake of doing it. And if you have that wide of a vocal range, I mean, people mimic voices for fun. I mean, who's to say Sasquatch isn't oh, doing yeah. the same thing with other other creatures in the woods? And they might not use that as a form to communicate between each other. Because assumably, if these things are semi-intelligent and they are using some of these weirdly military uh ideas of like how to do how to go about things i mean they could even use signals depending on different animals you know like humans are near and they make like an owl call or like you know they're starting to leave now and then they do like a coyote sound or something you know and you're only really hearing the like whoops and stuff like that when they're trying to like alert you that they're in the area hoping that you'll leave without them having to do anything else Next time you go into the woods, do me a favor and, and people that listen to the show, if, if you if you uh, have experienced this, let me know. Uh, check and see as you're walking into an area and you hear knocks. Take note of however many knocks you hear and the number of people that are in your group. I was going to say that's a common one I've heard too. Like it's again some way yeah. of that they're able to like alarm alert each other of how many are in the area or which way they're even yeah. heading to. Yeah, I think that's definitely a thing for sure. I, it, that that that's true for for what I've what I've come across. And then uh, I was gonna ask, at least as far as like the knocks go, I've heard a bunch of different theories on it. But again, I have to ask every Sasquatch researcher because I find it fascinating. Do you think that they're actually taking pieces of wood and smacking them, 
or I, I, actually, I'll, I'll let you tell your ideas first, and then I'll throw in my ideas. Like, cause I, I don't want to skew you gotcha. into thinking one way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would make sense for a Bigfoot to carry around a stick because when I've heard tree knock or when I've heard knock responses, they're very quick. So it, it wouldn't makes it would be hard pressed for a Bigfoot to uh, hear and hear like my knock, find a stick and then knock back, find a suitable tree to knock back. So I think what a Bigfoot does is actually slap its chest or do like that percussion. Uh, you know how you can like uh, blow into your hands and and get that kind of loud, like the loud cupped clap sound. Yeah, yeah. I think that could be a possibility as well. See, I've always thought that it might possibly be something, again, within their vocal range, that rather than them actually hitting a tree, if they have as wide of a vocal range as they do, mm. that it might just simply be them, like, popping in their mouth. You know, the equivalent of somebody being, like, like doing, like, a quick whistle to get somebody's attention. You know, they could be doing, like, a with their mouth to try to try to alert people, and it just echoes yeah. way, way more because, again, they may have a way, way wider vocal range than we thought. That's true. Yeah, I've I've actually never heard that, but that's that's a very that's very possible. Yeah, absolutely. Or even using their hands just to slap the trees in general too. I mean, if they have that much strength, you don't need to find a stick if you can smack the palm of your hand on a tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. See, I've always wondered when it comes to like doing the knocks back, if uh you know, everybody wants to do the knocks back, if by doing them back, you're actually like pushing them away from you because you're almost being like all right, there's three humans, and then you knock three times. They're like, all right, there's six humans. Let's just go the other direction. We're not even going to mess with this now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't know what we're saying when we do Bigfoot calls, but it, it's got to be interesting, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like that uh, that old video where it's the two guys across the water, and they're like, hey, you over there, fuck you. <laughs> You're actually yelling that back and forth with the Sasquatch, and you're just making him more mad when you whoop at him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like... Hey, there's humans here. We don't want to see you. <laughs> and be like, okay, bye. Yeah, yeah you're okay. just like, I don't want to see you either. They're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> there's our answer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before we start wrapping up, of course, I always have to ask this question for everybody that collects uh, stories. So I always like hearing the most out there story that investigators have collected because those always seem to be some of the most fascinating ones. Like the ones that just normally they would just throw off because they don't fit the common motif. But again, those are, those are always some of the most fascinating ones to me. So if, even if you just have a couple off the top of your head, if you have one specific one, I'd love to hear about some of the more bizarre stuff that you've collected. Let me preface this by saying this was not my brightest moment while decision making out in the woods but uh i was in maine this past year we're going back there this year on our tour which is awesome which i'd like to chat about in a little bit but uh we're going back uh, uh we were in maine uh mount blue state park just outside of mount blue state park and uh we come across a uh a gentleman who had a sighting of a 20 zero foot sasquatch uh with 96 inch footprints uh, with, uh, 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 what was it? Um, a raptor talons, right? Uh, and he chased this thing with his car. He saw it, uh, he saw it at least once he chased this thing with his car, but so then he brings us into the woods and everything is a tree break. I'm like, okay, whatever. This is during the day. So I had 
mistakenly already made plans with him to go out at night. I didn't realize like he was looking for 20 foot tall Sasquatches at that point. <laughs> uh, uh, when we were talking, I, I thought he was looking for normal size Sasquatches. If that makes any sense. <laughs> but, but uh, after the 96 inch footprint, I'm like, there's no way we're bringing this guy out tonight. And then of course he's like, Oh, we're still going out tonight. Right. And I was going to be like, Oh, I'm kind of sick, but I didn't want to pull that card. But anyways, uh, I, this guy takes it out. He's like, I ought to put up a trail cam. And so we meet him at this place in the middle of the woods and we start walking and I know like I'm, I'm okay in the woods off trail. Like I know how to like, like navigate and stuff, especially you want to use your phone. GPS Caltopo is a good app to use. Right. But, um, so I put on Caltopo or whatever, and this guy's like, I'm just going to go south and hang this trail camera, and then we're going to go walk north to get back to the trailhead. Off trail, completely off trail. I said, I don't know if, I, if that's how it works, man. You know, like, yeah. all right. So we're going south. We go south about, I don't know, three quarters of a mile into the woods. He's like, here's, a po- here's, here's where I'm going to hang it. I said, okay. He hangs a trail camera, doesn't mark it uh, on the GPS, and uh, he starts going the complete wrong way to get out. And I'm like, where are you going, man? He's like, we're going out. And I'm like, I'm looking at my thing. I'm like, no, we're not. He's like, yeah, we are. We're just going north. And I'm like, dude, first of all, it's not how it works. And second of all, we're going like more south. And he's like, okay, whatever. So you lead. So I finally get us out of the woods. Anyway, long story short, don't trust a 20-foot guy, Velociraptor, uh, 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 Bigfoot witness uh, in the woods leading you on a night hike without, uh, any supervision. So, uh, I don't think he's ever found his trail camera to this day. I would love to see if that, if he ever found his trail camera, it's probably in the main middle of the main woods somewhere with a 20 foot Sasquatch recorded on it. (laughs) Yeah. With, with, yeah, with the family of 20 foot Sasquatches, but you got to think, I mean, I'm not one to say something doesn't exist and I can't say that you didn't see something right. But, we have to think of a 20-foot-tall Sasquatch. How is that going to walk through the woods with the tree limbs? I mean, boom, that's it. Simple as that. How, how, the 20-foot-tall is huge. That's a very tall Sasquatch. He was like, there, they're 1,500 pounds. That's a big, that's, you know, that's three-quarter ton. I mean, I have heard more stories about ones around that size, and that's why I kind of brought up the whole, like, descendants of giants possibly concept is because, I mean, I've I've had a few people on that kind of theorize that a lot of the ones that we have interactions with are actually the juveniles that are around the 8 to 10 foot tall mark, and that's the reason why you're having interactions with them is because they're the young ones. They're not... They haven't fully yeah. like developed to what they're going to do yet. And there's even like the possibility that, you know, like the males end up leaving the tribe or the family after a certain point to go off and start his own tribe and family. So, I mean, and that in between when he's trying to find his new areas, that's where a lot of the sightings could be. I mean, if there are these giant Sasquatch, assumably they're going to be like at the deepest points in the woods where you're never going to see these things. And they might even potentially stay in like clearings and stuff. So, I mean, like, it's one of those things that I've just heard so much about it that I don't completely discredit it, but I definitely mm. think it's one of those things that's specific to certain areas. Like, I don't think you're going to find this in like a, you know, 10 or a 10 mile by 10 mile wooded area. But if you're getting into the, some of the areas that people can get lost in and never be found again, then, yeah. you know, maybe there's a good possibility of it because, you know, there's some areas in those woods that people may have never even stepped foot in before. Sure, sure. Look at the, uh, um, just real quick, the Maine Hermit. Speaking about Maine, have you heard of that dude? Uh, yeah, He's, I think uh, I have. 
40 years lived in the woods 50 feet off the Appalachian Trail. Never talked to anybody. I think he talked to somebody like four times in 40 years. He got caught because he was stealing cookies from the scout camp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but uh, that dude lived. He had like, he didn't have fires and stuff, but he he survived. There's You know, Bigfoot could survive. <laughs> there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there's a whole lot of Bigfoot out there, you know, so I don't think it's like you're going to find one every time you go out. I think that's a common misconception about a lot of people. What they have with Bigfooting is that you're going to get a lot of activity. And, and I think if you're in the right spot at the right time, you're going to get activity, especially if they want you to get activity. Bigfoot want, wants to kind of let you know you're they're there. But other than that, I think Bigfooting is kind of like fishing. It's, it could be kind of boring sometimes. See, I've always kind of seen it too, where it's like, I don't think that like the woods are like rampant with Sasquatch, but rather that like no. one wooded area maybe has a tribe of Sasquatch. So it's like, sure. you know, for like a hundred, hundred, hundred mile region, hundred miles by a hundred miles, there might only be a group of like five Sasquatch in that area. Cause especially if it's something that big that can move that fast and has that much range as far as it can go, you know, it's going to need a wide hunting area. And if these things mm-hmm. do do the whole apex predator thing, I mean, even with humans, you're like, this is my property. This is my yard. You don't step foot in it. You know, who's to say it isn't the same for these things. Like, I think that the reason why people don't have these like constant experiences, so they like to discredit it and say that it's not an existing thing is because they don't take into consideration just like the function of, again, and how much area these things would need to be in and the aspect of like, if these things are remotely primate, which they clearly are, you know, they're definitely going to have that warlike mentality between each other. Cause that just seems to be a common motif when it comes to any type of primate, realistically humans included. <laughs> sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, I guess kind of starting to gear up towards the end. And of course we will of course talk about your events and everything too. I'll give you an opportunity to be able to throw all that in with all the links and everything too. But I always like to end everything with uh, some words of wisdom. So if there was any words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners today, what might it be? So quotes are kind of my thing. Uh, uh, before before my my presentation, my my touring presentation, I always I have a, a list of quotes and stuff. And at the end, I always say that this one quote. I'm like, this is my favorite quote in the whole world. Uh, Life with the possibility of Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster is far superior to one without. Ain't that, that the truth? truth? Yep. Perfect words of wisdom, man. Just even just having the mystery in general, because I I know I've said it a few times on the show, but people naturally want to be able to explore. And when you take away the possibility of exploration or of mystery, then it kind of just makes the human experience like mundane, you know, like not all of us can get out into the middle of the ocean where we clearly know there's some weird stuff that exists. So the next best place is to be able to do some, some mystery exploring within the woods, within, you know, even, even within like our own, when it comes to like paranormal research, even within our own cities and stuff, but you have to bring in the possibility of the mysterious and the unknown just to bring in like a, just a more entertaining view on life as a whole, realistically, because it just, it brings back that, that sense of wonder and mystery. Humans love, love, love and hate a mystery. It's amazing. It's a, it's a very cool thing. You got you want to hear some cool stats real quick before we go? I got some stats that I was just I was redoing my presentation. And if you want to hear some some paranormal and Bigfoot stats real quick, I can oh yeah, absolutely. Spit spit some out for you. Then after that, you'll have all to right. take a quick rundown. Let everybody know that your events you got coming up, all of that. So I want to make sure that you had a chance that people were in the area they could come and see you speak too. 
Absolutely, for sure. So uh, 48, almost one out of every two people in the country believe in ghosts, which is interesting. Okay. Uh, 77% of people, three in every four people believe in some type of an afterlife, which is interesting. One in five have said that they've been in the presence of a ghost or a spirit. And now we get into the, now we get into the, the cool stuff, the Bigfoot stuff. How many, so if we have, if we have, 48% of people believe in ghosts. How many people do you, what percentage of people do you think believe in Bigfoot? Oh, I'm just going to guess off the top of my head. I'm, I'm going to trust my gut instinct on this one. I'm going to go with like around 32%. Oh, good. How about 91 million people in the country or 29% of people. Wow, I was Very close nice. on that one. <laughs> that was good. Because I knew it had good. to be a little bit less than ghosts, because I know how popular ghosts are and how everybody has a ghost yep. story, but it's rising. So like I knew it had to be just a hair bit underneath it. <laughs> I think it's 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 hilarious that you could have that more people uh, believe in an under in, in a imaginary person versus a mysterious primate. I think that's hilarious. I think that's 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 beyond comprehension to me, but I digress. I'm curious what the number is as far as like aliens and extraterrestrials too then because I feel like that oh, might be higher that. than ghosts. Now it's got to be. It's it's got to be. Absolutely. Especially with all the media and everything that's happening like I feel like, you know, back when everybody was during like the spiritual movement, it was probably like a good like at least 70 something to 90 something percent probably believe in ghosts. And as that number's kind of dwindled down, the UFO stuff's kind of taken off. So I feel like that's yeah. number that's a number that's probably rising every day. And with all the other weird stuff that pops up, all the weird stuff seen in the sky, the government talking about it, even people that don't believe in conspiracies are starting to kind of get onto the their extraterrestrials might be a thing. <laughs> yeah, you got you know it for sure. <laughs> And uh, as far as your presentations go, as far as your work, if everybody wants to uh, follow your work, they want to follow you on Facebook, they want to check out your YouTube, uh, they possibly want to come and see you speak, uh, possibly even share some of their, their stories, go on an investigation with you, you know, just, just the full gambit. Where would people come and find you on the internet? Where can people come and see your presentations? And yeah, just give them a well-rounded view on where they can come and follow your work at, man. Or all the above. Come and do all the above. Why don't you come exactly. see a presentation, do whatever, come on an investigation with me. The best way to find out where I'm going to be uh, and what I'm going to be doing is go to my uh, website at shadowofredeye.com. Uh, that has pretty much everything, my appearances, my tour schedule, uh, where we're looking for witnesses, where we're if we're hiring anybody, some pictures and stuff. Uh, uh, our, uh, our next thing, uh, which we just passed the other day, three thousand subscribers on our youtube which is beyond crazy i can i can't even imagine that um youtube is at shadow of red eye uh and we're now we're now monetized so watch my videos people there you go and uh and uh uh our instagram we do we uh we post some uh, some awesome uh, behind the scenes Instagram uh, 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 pictures, things from our shows and our episodes. It's uh, Shadow of Red Eye, ladies. 
do not try to slide into those DMs because I do not monitor that account. It's somebody else that posts those pictures. So just saying. <laughs> uh, but uh, in the shadow of Big Red Eye is the name of the show. Check it out. We have new episodes every Monday. Please go ahead and subscribe to that channel. We go all over the country. Uh, this year, I will be appearing from Maine to Florida to Indiana uh, and everywhere in between, almost every state in between there, I'll be appearing at. Uh, you could check that out. Uh, check out our map and stuff uh, and our, our uh, tour list. Uh, over on our website, we currently have, uh, I think, 66 events currently scheduled for next year or for this year so far. We're definitely looking to hit 100. We hit 100 last year. Last year, we spent 129 nights tent camping last year, and we're going to be, we're on set to do 136 this year. So, so wild. I can't wait. Excited. Busy calendar, but it sounds like a lot of weeks. fun, man. Props to you for staying oh. busy and getting to do all that kind of stuff. That sounds awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's just been such a, like I said before, such an amazing ride and I wouldn't change it for anything. And uh, for anybody that wants to follow your work, which I highly recommend doing, make it so that this guy can keep doing the research that he's doing. Uh, all the links will be available down in the show description to make it quick and easy for you guys. And, uh, you know, leave leave us all a rating, leave us all a review that goes for YouTube, that goes for the podcast feed, all of that stuff. And uh, just keep promoting, promoting us to be able to do this type of work and be able to uh, keep putting out this kind of awesome content for you guys. And as far as you go, Mike, man, I appreciate you making the time to come on today. And I'm really looking forward to next time and possibly even getting to find you somewhere in the in-between and possibly get to meet you in person one day, man. Let's go out looking for squash together. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's make it happen. If you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. Anything that you do, greatly appreciate it. And if you guys leave a five-star review, I will read on the show, give you guys a huge shout-out. It's been a hot minute since I've gotten a five-star review for the show. Not any bad reviews, but haven't gotten any five-stars that I can read on the show. So if you guys mind, don't mind leaving a couple of those for me, I would absolutely appreciate it. And again, helps the show to boost up, keeps building so that more people can see it and we can get more shared experiences, have more people involved with the show. But we got we to gotta keep keep growing together. That's the only way we're ever going to get anywhere with it. And uh, if you know anybody that might enjoy this particular episode, you guys could always share it with them through word of mouth, uh, share clips from the show with them, share the whole episode, whatever you got to do, just share the shit out of the show, make it so that everybody around you and you can talk about all of this weird, fascinating stuff that we talk about on the show. But the only way that's ever going to happen is if you guys break the ice. So don't forget to, uh, again, share the show, break the ice and start talking about all these weird topics with your friends and family. And uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, be it that you guys want to share an encounter, uh, you guys want to just simply have a conversation, uh, you guys want to sponsor the show, you guys want to be a guest on the show, anything that might accompany that, you guys can always email me at inquiriesofallrealitypodcast.outlook.com or hit me up on social media. Or if you have an encounter specifically you guys want to report, you guys can do that to OMM Encounter Reports, again, or get a hold of me through social media. Or you guys can go to the link tree. There is two different submission forms. One of them is for contacting me. The other one is for reporting an encounter. Make sure you guys use the right one so it ends up going to the correct email. But if anything gets mixed up, of course, I check both emails. So it's not too big of a deal. But you know, there are specific ones for both. So make sure you guys are clicking on the right one. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the show and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 